Hello. Welcome to Season 5 of the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Kalik, the creator of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Zipporah, a Pretty Deadly Community Guide and Online Coaching in Tebe, Uganda. In this season, Zipporah and I are exploring self-defense in Uganda, talking about the different challenges women face and what strengths we might have in common. There's a lot to discover, so welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. <laughs> and this is episode 77, appreciating our differences, using them to our advantage and being able to learn differently. Mm-hmm. So, so Susie, yes. you tell me about this one. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this one. Okay, so this is an interesting topic to me because I write a lot about um, the differences between men and women and toxic masculinity and misogyny and sexism and the different ways that men and women are socialized. Um, And a lot of, well, basically not a lot, but all of Pretty Deadly is designed around the way that women learn as opposed to the way that men learn, which is how traditional self-defense courses are often offered. Stop, you just clicked my mind. This is what I was thinking about exactly when I was thinking about this topic. Oh, okay. Like you're in my mind searching through the archives and (laughs) go on, go on. I I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Okay. So, So one of the things that, that I think gets overlooked um, from when I'm when I'm talking to men um, is that women women learn differently, which can often be acknowledged by men. But that because we learn differently, it means that we bring different things to the table, and they can learn from those things. This is not to say that misogyny and sexism and patriarchy is good for us and it should be continued because Mm. it shouldn't be but it's not good for us it's not good for anybody and it's not good for men either but however we have adapted around it and because of that and because of the way that we're socialized to learn things that means that we also have a very different perspective that that can benefit men that we're working with uh, here's a quick example, actually, and this is about uh, the refugee community here in Berlin. So Germany was very um, progressive in its acceptance of all the refugees that were coming, especially from Syria and Afghanistan and Eritrea um, a little bit earlier this decade, around 2012, 2013. Mm. All of these people were coming in from war zones and needed a place to stay. And of course, Germany said, yes, we'll open the borders and we'll we'll accept all these people, but then didn't actually provide anything else. You know, mm. it was like, we'll kind of maybe make some centers and we don't really know. You know, there was no real plan. So a lot of people kind of ended up in these in these um, big centers living in in large group situations which were not healthy for anybody on any level, you know, mm. on a mental health level, on a physical level, on a hygiene level. Especially the idea, hygiene. yeah, especially hygiene. So, I mean, it's basic, I mean, it's like refugee camps, right? So the camps are created very quickly, you know, in response to disaster or war. 
they are theoretically, they are not meant to be places where people live for 10 years. They're meant to be places where people live for a short period of time until permanent housing or more permanent housing can be can be found or created. Mm. That's usually not what happens, though, right? I mean, people often are living in those situations for, you know, a decade or more. Yeah, they give birth to kids, kids give birth to kids and yeah, who grew up in those camps. Generation and generation. Right. So the so the idea, of course, you know, is to try and move people out of those situations as quickly as possible. And in Germany, um, the the solution that the German government decided to go with was to build an interim housing um, opportunity for people to move them out of large group centers into more individualized housing, which they decided to build out of shipping containers because mm. they're fairly shipping containers are pretty big um, and they can be like large enough and they can be stacked. So they can be pretty useful as far as creating a temporary but slightly more permanent and definitely more private housing situation for families. I was at a brunch and I happened to meet one of the architects of um, the new sort of more longer term temporary housing facilities that were just mm-hmm. about to be built, right? They hadn't started construction yet, but this was, a, this was all over the news in, in Berlin at the time. So I happened to mm-hmm. meet one of these main architects just by chance. And I said, so, you know, so you're moving all these people into shipping containers. And he said, yeah, you know, it'll, so obviously not forever, but, you know, this moves them out of these big centers. And I said, well, that's great. But how are you going to get people um, out of the shipping containers then? You know, Mm -hmm. when you, when you're ready to put them in actual apartments, how are you going to get them out of where they're living? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, well, we can't have camps in Germany, you know, because of the war, of course. Um, he says, I mean, the, we, they'll move because, because we can't keep them there. And as, and I said, well, that's nice, but you know, here's people who have been living in a large group communal center with absolutely no privacy for a minimum of six years. Yeah. And now you're giving people their own space and, and then you're going to take it away again. You know, but after six years of having nothing of your own, not even solid walls, like sheets for walls, you know, and then you move them into their own space. How are you going to give people emotionally? How are people going to give that up? I know. Right. And he couldn't couldn't answer that question. What was Mm -hmm. interesting to me is he was looking at this from a very sort of male socialized solution oriented, logic oriented um, Uh, approach. You know, uh, this is the way that we can do it. A plus B equals C. And I was looking at it from a much more organic, emotional, emotionally centered approach. Yeah. Right. Which is how women are socialized. Yes. What was difficult for him and also difficult for me in that moment is that because this opinion was was only coming very late in the game, it was apparently too late. Well, I know it was too late because they went ahead with the shipping housing, the shipping containers. Um, it was, it was a really important point that hadn't been considered before. Wow. So and that, in other words, they discussed only men were there. Cause I don't think a woman would have missed that out. I feel like a woman would have come up with something like that. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't say whether, whether they did or not, but what I do know is that this to me was a really good example of how, you know, I've been socialized to, to look at things from a, a more emotional point of view. You know, women are so emotional, blah, 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 and make these connections in the world through an emotional place rather than a purely intellectual, intellectually logical place. Mm. which is often seen as a weakness. But but in this case, this is also considering a very human aspect of existence and a human aspect that will complicate a situation even farther because it wasn't considered. And Mm -hmm. this is where I think like our differences um, can be used to an advantage when we incorporate them. Like, okay, here we are in this world, you know, we've People who are adults now or on the verge of adulthood now are the products of our current structures of power, patriarchy, capitalism, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We've all learned adaptive behaviors in order to survive. How can we use the the positive aspects of those adaptive behaviors to inform each other so that together we can build a better future? There's something you said that I've really appreciated is... um emotions are the human aspect of things you know mm-hmm. yeah like, and it, they're they're not it, they're, there's nothing wrong with them you know women have a huge advantage because we're socialized with so with such a huge emotional vocabulary yeah we have a lot of emotional tools that men are are sometimes very actively denied and this is how True. patriarchy hurts men and this is why we end up with things so out of balance. You and know? because of the small advocacy that has been going on, men are actually now waking up to, you know, letting, some of them are trying to let their emotional side come to play or something. And you know, it's, yeah, it's a change that is well welcomed. We are thinking that it will take effect. I don't know in how many years, but we have to have hope. We have to have hope. Exactly. But I think it's this, you know, understanding that somebody that you're trying to, that you want to give tools to has a Mm. different way of learning. One makes you a better teacher. Um, But also understanding that their different way of learning can be an asset. You know, Mm. it's, it's not a matter of dismissing them. So, so often when I talk to people in the martial arts world about, women's self-defense um so many guys who have taught self-defense classes to women are like yeah you know i don't get it women are are so good at this and it's so necessary but they don't want to do it and they're never looking at it from the perspective of well you know the way that you're delivering the information is not a way that resonates with women and that doesn't mean that you have to modify everything about your entire life just to talk to women but you do need to look at the fact that, you know, there are ways that women are socialized that makes learning in certain styles very difficult for us, you know, mm. or not even just dis- difficult, but distasteful. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, bringing that back to Pretty Deadly, that a lot of that, you know, the, the whole program is designed specifically for the way women learn, mm. you know, because traditional self-defense classes are designed, they're, you know, they've traditionally always been taught by men 
and they are designed for the way men learn. And if all of these women's self-defense classes were actually just being given to men, they'd be, you know, enormous successes. Right. Right. And a lot of men would be learning self-defense, but a lot of men think that self-defense is only for women. So they don't go to those classes. Right. And the women go to the classes and then they're like, I, you know, this is complicated. I don't like it. I'm not understanding it. Um, it's traumatizing, et cetera, et cetera, because this isn't the way that we learn, but we can learn from each other. You know, there's great things to learn from the way that men are socialized to learn as well. Men are socialized to jump in. Mm. they, They do it first and then they ask questions. That's a really, really great way to learn self-confidence. Yeah. That's something that women, women can definitely get a benefit from. That's not necessarily an approach we want to use, you know, all the time, but when we start getting a little more comfortable with that approach, then that's something that, that that's an absolute benefit that we can learn from them. Yes. And it's something that can help us avoid procrastination, you know, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do know a lot of men who procrastinate and I think that's just human, but I tell you one thing, I don't know. I think I'm built in a, I don't know. I think I appreciated both sides and merged them. I'm still merging, you know, the female approach to things and the male approach. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I share some traits you mm-hmm. know, because of the fact that um, I've grown up in a home that has both the mom and the dad. So there's a way I try to look at the bad things and the good things from both sides and match the good things to make a better human being out of myself. So I look at women many times and you feel they take long. They take long to try and do things. They may sit down and discuss a very good plan and then they will rotate around that plan and then bring in very many things. And at the end of the day, we are not moving forward. You're asking them, so what should we do next? And then they add more ideas, you know? So they can learn a lot from the men in that area, you know, mm-hmm. to have to jump into things. After making the plan, can we do the plan now, please? That's true. But there's also a benefit to, you know, to what women are doing in that aspect of, you know, what women are doing when they do that is called due diligence, you know, Mm. so that we, so now we've got this very good plan, but let's throw in all the other what if questions. Well, what if this, what if that, what if the other thing so that, you know, they're covered women are, are, they may take longer, but they're usually really, really prepared for everything that goes wrong. Yeah. um, Susie, the part where women add in the what ifs and all that is not a problem at all. It's the part where they are bringing up new ideas again and again. Like we have discussed and agreed upon this particular idea and then they just keep adding new things. I've seen this. uh, Trust me, I've seen this very many times after discussing the what ifs and finding solutions and everything. And then you feel like we are coming up with new plans every other time. Mm-hmm. I thought we had agreed on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Why are we still coming up with more plans uh, apart from the one that is already going to be functional? Right. You know, like they're coming up with new ideas again and again, and we're not moving forward. Right. And I think this is where, 
this is where um, where you're absolutely right. You know, this is where women can learn something from men in the sense of just jumping in. But I think yeah. this is where some of that negative socialization comes from. You know, mm. we're not moving forward because for women, it needs to be perfect. Oh, yeah. You know? It's like, it, I'm not going to do it unless I know in advance that it's perfect. I'm not, we're very, very, we're very socialized to be risk adverse. Mm. And and that can often make us, you know, stagnant. We never actually get anything done. That's the word stagnant, never right. getting anything done. That's right. It. I mean, I think, you know, we want to strive for a balance between those two things. But, it, you know, there is an advantage to having a lot of due diligence and, and being really solid and being prepared for every emergency. But there is also a lot of benefit to to being okay with making a mistake, to understanding that, yeah, you know, like in martial arts, like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe it hurts if I fall, but mm-hmm. it's, it's probably not gonna hurt that much. I can survive it and I can get up and I can try again. So, it goes both ways. <laughs> it does go both ways. Yes. So that's where balance comes in and all those things, you know? Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-empowerment program through self-defense, developed from real-life experience, a lot of martial arts training, and tailored for the way women actually learn the things we actually face, and that's actually fun. Learn more at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com. You can download our app, find a class, learn how to become a trainer, or find out how to teach the Pretty Deadly program at your school or studio. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and yes, we're even on TikTok. Just search for Pretty Deadly Self-Defense and we'll be there. Our theme song is an excerpt from the original track Icarus Wish by Dead Centuries and used by generous permission of the artists. Get more tunes at deadcenturies.bandcamp.com. 